0: I'll speak for the defense, like, because our defense is like a family. So defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Gleason, you know, he hears out everyone. You know, like, if we have a problem with anything, we go to him. You know, he's just, like, our guy. Like, we play for – we'll run through walls for that guy. This is Alex Salachev, number two for the Western Mustangs, and you're listening to At The 55.
1: Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today we have another episode of The Talk. Joining us, we have two-time Yates Cup champion. He's got a UTEC Bull, a Mitchell Bull, and of course a Vanier Cup champion. He was ranked 49th on the top 100 on the At The 55 list of the top 100 players in 2019 and also a member of the Waterloo Region Hometown Heroes. Welcome to the show, Alex Salachev. Alex, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: It's it's a pleasure, man. Uh, as we were kind of joking before, you've been on my radar pretty much as soon as uh, we started doing this podcast a few years ago. Uh, mo- no doubt, mostly because you're a baller. Also because I always end up surrounding myself with Mustangs, so we always have you know the purple ponies on our radar. Um, so you know this whole segment that we're doing, talking with athletes, all about this their experience with football and with mental health. And we've spoken with a few Mustangs in other episodes, not specifically about this, but Maybe we can start here, because one of the fascinating things, I think, in sports, in any field, is just the psychology of, of not just a winner in the individual level, but on a team when winning is the not just the goal, but the expectation. And I know just from watching from afar and from having conversations with other guys, that is the expectation at Western. So not to perhaps lead you in this direction, but... Can you perhaps just talk about what it's like being on those Western Mustangs teams where, I mean, the minimum expectation has to be Yates Cups going into a year, if not more than that. What is that like for you as a student athlete playing on a team where you know that winning isn't good enough, eight no seasons aren't good enough?
0: Uh, you touched on a lot of, you know, important aspects of uh, us at Western that we kind of cherish. And the biggest part Kind of, you know, understanding what question you're asking is uh revolves around the tradition that we had uh, and have at Western. And, you know, depending on, you know, what year you come in or, you know, who are the upperclassmen with you, you know, there's a, a certain standard and a certain, um just kind of like team. Um, you know, we just have this, it's almost like a, it's just how our program is. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but just, You get in, you do your workouts, you go to film, or you meet with your position coaches, uh, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, uh, even if it's just meeting with the guys uh, just to look over film. Like, there's a standard set where, you know, if you're not doing the basic things, then, you know, you're not going to get to where you want to be. And where we want to be is the Vanier Cup every year. That's what we strive for. You know, our season always is supposed to end in November. And, you know, hopefully we have... A lot of wins to go with that so that's just where we're at it's just like a standard and it's like a tradition of it and it's not just like a recent thing you know western's had plenty of winning tradition um you know go through the program for years and years so we kind of do it for the alumni that's just always rooting for us no matter what always supporting us through the highs and lows but just a tradition
1: so is it almost one of those things where you, it doesn't even need to be enforced. It's just such a cultural thing in that locker room there. Where hey, if you made the decision to go to Western, if you're putting on that purple and silver, and then that those dope blackout jerseys come, you know the blackout game. You came here with the expectation that you are going to work and you are going to work really hard. And if you're not meeting that expectation, that that's that's you kind of knew what you were signing up for. Is that kind of known around the team just when you when you join Western?
0: Well, yeah, like everyone, like every high school recruit wants to go to a school and they want to be the guy. Obviously, they want to go to a school, they want to fit in, they want to, you know, fit in perfectly with whatever scheme that their school runs. And they want to be the guy. And at Western, it's almost like, you know, everyone has that same ideology, that same, you know, I want to be a difference maker, I want to be an impact player. But there's almost like a a different, like a, a really evident difference of like competition from the moment you step in in your first year to, like, then once you get into practice. And so you you really understand that, like, as a first year, your biggest goal is just to soak up all the knowledge and all of, like, the the football IQ and everything from everyone around you. And if you play your first year, like, I only dressed three games my first year. I only got playing time in one of them. So, like, I had expectations to be, like, an impact player my first year. And it was even on offensive side of the ball. So, you know, you just got to come with that right mindset. And I think a lot of Western recruits, They buy into the program that, you know, the tradition that we kind of have. A lot of other schools make promises like, oh, you'll play first year or, you know, like, oh, we'll give you this jersey number or whatever it may be nowadays. Like at Western, they, you know, they tell you that you're going to be a part of a family and, you know, whether you start day one or it's your fifth year and that's your time to shine, all the work you put in is going to be, you know, towards that goal of winning a Vanier Cup. So that's just, you know, everyone comes to Western with the idea of, of winning. The program speaks for itself, but it's really the players each and every year and the coaches that put in the work and mentally and physically to kind of get the edge.
1: Well, let's talk about that that mental piece of it, because no doubt, and I know I've joked with Dakota that the the weight room facilities maybe aren't the best uh, in London at at Western, but clearly you guys are doing the right things off the field in terms of your preparation for game day, what you're doing in the film room on the practice field. All those boxes are getting checked. And meanwhile, of course, the other big piece for student athletes is staying academically eligible. and, And no doubt that's a main priority. But as we've been having these discussions with players, this other component that sometimes gets if not swept, maybe not swept under the rug, but just, just forgotten, is just the, the mental health of the players. And so I'm just kind of curious, and it's not to take a shot at Western, any school, but what type of infrastructure is there, or just what type of room is there for discussion in regards to when, and, and we've all been there as a student athlete, life gets very overbearing at times, when you just have those moments, and it doesn't have to be you personally, but just for an individual who feels like life's maybe weighing down on them a little bit more. And, talk about that pressure playing for Western it must be a lot what type of resources are there for uh, your fellow Mustangs um, whether student athletes or otherwise uh, that you know of on campus or are there any
0: um, yeah it's a great question and uh, I know personally like there are some times where like you know you get so caught into just you know some you start in August and you, you do training camp it's always hot and it's always tough mentally and physically and then you get into the regular season you start classes. Uh, normal class load plus your workouts plus your film, you know, plus your on-field stuff. Then game days. Granted, you stay healthy. You know, there's a lot of variables that go in towards like a student athlete's full um, athletic season. So just with resources, like I, I Western does a great job of having coaches that are there. Um, even like on, like I'll speak for the defense, like because our defense is like a family. So defensive coordinator uh coach gleason you know he hears out everyone you know like if we have a problem with anything we go to him you know he's just like our guy like we play for we'll run through walls for that guy you know so just having that support with the other positional coaches even coach marshall and you know we have um uh, academic support uh her name's sylvia she's honestly like the best person ever like no matter what even if it's getting stuff done in school or if it's just talking about life for half an hour she'll always be there so for me personally i found that having aspects like that just like the support where if i have a you know a question about coverage or if i have a question about like where i want to be in five years and i need like actual answers that would be applicable to my situation i just felt like the immediate answers on the team were always just suitable and and appropriate for me but there's also resources on campus as well. I know um, I'm a student at King's University College. So that's a, an affiliate college at Western, um, but both main campus and Western offer um, resources towards mental health like counseling. So um, they're free of charge. I honestly, in 2018, when we had our uh, back-to-back Yates and we went to our Ye- uh, Vanier Ye- uh, in Quebec, at that loss, like it, it was tough. I can't lie, you know, you put in work, you do all these you know workouts all these practices all these film sessions and you know you come up short in the last game of the year in november and you know it, it is what it is but i i remember when school was really you know you you invest so much into football that once you're once you're done it and, and school kind of keeps going you know you just kind of have to you know bear down like you said and and sometimes it gets kind of overwhelming so i remember i i i honestly had to go to counseling for a little bit just to kind of like I didn't want to burden my roommates or my teammates with some of the things that I was going through because, you know, we're all kind of going through it if, you know, we all lost in a big game. But no, I remember I definitely had to go, you know, just talk to someone that didn't necessarily know me, but just had ears for, you know, whoever needed it. And and I thought that was really helpful just for me, just to kind of progress as a student and as an athlete. You know, everyone loves you when when you're at your highest highs. But, you know, even when you're at your lowest lows, you know, you still need to kind of have that that mellow kind of grounding where you know, you could win by, like, 80 nothing, or you could lose in the national championship and you really kind of have to know when to reset and, you know, there's another day and, you know, you just kind of have to keep going. So I definitely think all the resources at Western are uh, are great for keeping, specifically, student-athletes, you know, keeping their mental health in a good spot.
2: Well, I mean, that that's great that, you, you know, obviously you have the academic support and Gleason and, uh, obviously, Sniper Gang, as I, I'm pretty sure you guys call yourselves. Um, yeah. And it's great that, I mean, when I went to Western, uh, I'm sure we had counseling. It wasn't so much advertised, Um, but what I found when just, you know, speaking with people that I know they're in schools, whether it's sports or not, is that, yeah, they have the resources, but sometimes they have one to three counselors on campus for 30, 40, 50,000 students. So when you, just speaking on your experience, when you went, what was the kind of the wait time like did you was it through you know did you talk to gleason or g marsh and was it through western football or was it just through the regular school what was, was kind of like your waiting time for that because i've heard people may have to even no matter how serious what's happening is they they'll get like a three-month waiting period before they get to talk to somebody so it's yeah. the resources are available but because there aren't as many counselors as there should be they're not really that available
0: no a hundred percent and uh I feel like, you know, being at Western was a blessing just in the sense that like we had so many resources outside of counseling. Like even if like I personally didn't have to go through a long wait time for mine, I think it was probably like a week max, which was like, you know, just sort of a, a suitable and respectable time frame with the amount of students that go to school at, at Western. But I know even like even speaking to our team doctor, Dr. Cogliano, like I know even when I was, you know, going through stuff and, and I just like, I, I literally didn't know who to talk to, but I was just like, just finished a workout and his office was right there. So I stopped by and, you know, I gave him a little chat and even just like conversations with just staff, you know, it just makes a difference at the end of the day. And uh, I feel like Western, the, the staff that they have there is just, you know, they just help us out so much more than, you know, we ever expected coming in as uh, as high school kids.
2: Well, I, I think what you're saying is is great. And, but unfortunately it's not kind of, this the the norm when it comes to Mm -hmm. football um obviously you felt comfortable talking to your coaches and your team and you know even your academic counselors and going and getting this counseling um when zach and i were kind of playing football there was that and i hate to use the word stigma but there was that you know keep everything bottled down only use your emotions when you're on the field don't talk about your problems don't talk about any of that do you see that changing in the sport or are you kind of just well obviously i'm going to talk about my stuff I I, i want to get my mind right
0: uh, and, and that's, that's a great question as well. Cause there is always going to be that stigma, you know, like, I feel like it's a very outdated stigma, but nowadays as we're, the game's kind of modernizing and, and you see a lot of, yeah, I, I'd say like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a lot of like revolutionizing of the football nowadays with RPOs common, you know, like there's new things that are happening in football that there never really been. There's a lot more reads. And, and I feel like the resources like, you know, there it's kind of a typical a difficult question but i'd say that like there there definitely isn't a stigma but you know we do definitely have that standard where, you know we operate out of a certain way you know uh despite what like everyone likes to think of western like we we tend to not really be a flashy team on defense you know we we go by the book and you know if there are emotions that are you know people are pissed off you know the refs get away with holds whatever it may be there's whatever's going on like we might overreact but that's always just like in the moment and I feel like with the mental health aspect of that like I feel like our team is just like whether whether there's like a shy kind of uh, first year kid or like a very outgoing senior I feel like everyone has like somewhat equal opportunity to go meet with a coach or go meet with uh, academic support or go meet with a counselor and just kind of get like their chance you know everyone has to book appointments when they meet with academic counseling or even just regular mental health um, you know resources on campus but I feel like at at the stadium you know like some guys pretty much live at the stadium you know if they don't have class in the morning they might be there for film in the afternoon then at three o'clock they might go work out before practice at four and then at four till pretty much end of the night you know they're just practicing or watching the film from practice so I mean, it might be different for other schools, but that's just my experience at Western. Like, we've always kind of had resources to kind of deal with stuff like that.
2: And and that's great. And you might not have the answer for uh, my next question, and it's on topic but kind of off topic kind of about the segment we just ran called Life After Football. For those guys, and I mean, I, I've seen those guys that are literally there at 8 a.m. and they're there until 11 p.m. sort of thing. Um. Is there, is there any kind of talks or do you guys bring any people in to kind of talk about what happens after that? Because it, it's, it's great when you're there and you have that structure, like I'm going to lift it here. I'm going to have my meal here. I'm going to go to class. I'm going to watch film here. I'm going to go to practice. I'm going to do another lift, film, ice, home. But then when football disappears, all of that disappears. And then you're kind of just left with nothing. So... Mm-hmm does, does Western kind of bring in people to kind of talk to you about, you know, not necessarily even like going pro, but just like, Hey guys, this is, I used to play football and like, this is what happens. Like, are those people there or brought in whether it's off season or during the season?
0: Yeah. So, uh, at Western, I think you're kind of touching on what you're saying. Um, a lot of what you were talking about is pretty much based around a schedule. So, You know, they definitely as as like young recruits or even as first years. There's definitely like a mandatory study hall type of aspect where all the first years kind of meet with the academic support that we have. And during when my younger years, it was Sylvia, and we had Sylvia would talk to us about making monthly schedules, um, yearly schedules, weekly schedules, just to kind of ingrain how to like, you know, even if you're done football, like those are skills that apply in life. You know, if you have a job you know, and you have stuff that you need to do each day to make sure your job's completed, like having a schedule and an agenda is key. So kind of having those skills that, you know, they really emphasize for first-year players to kind of, you know, in, get ingrained in their head. And, you know, it really helps for, for life outside of football. But, you know, like you said, like obviously having all the resources, like, you know, everyone everyone likes to talk about Western's weight room. But, you know, when you're in there, put in the work, that weight room's perfect. You know, the atmosphere that we create, like that. I think that's where all the work gets put in, and that's how it's so effective, because everyone circles around the bench when people are benching or squatting. you know it's a, It's that environment where if it was a big, massive gym, you might not necessarily have with everyone so distance away from each other. So obviously with things going on now, I don't really know what things are are up to in that gym <laughs> sorry, in that gym, but uh, just from my experience, you know uh, they definitely made an emphasis on on just trying to planning and structuring your time wisely. Um, but just kind of touching what you said, like, even for me right now, like I've been away from the program pretty much since the end of last year, um, with like my kind of my CFL draft prep, it was very, um, I guess it's very complicated because I was already going through some lingering injuries from the past season, but then I also had to do my draft training. Um, but I also had to be there with the team cause I was anticipating having a fifth year season at that point. So I was kind of in like two to three different head spaces in terms of finishing school, you know, potentially going pro and making sure my body gets back to a hundred percent because I had to play through a lot of injuries in my last year and, uh, in 2019. So I definitely was still feeling it at least like, I definitely was still feeling it at the combine, to be honest, but just having, uh, you know, the resource that I definitely had, I made a lot of improvements still not being a hundred percent. So.
1: Well, if there, if there's any silver lining to the some of the injuries that you had in 2019, it, it gave old man Mackenzie Ferguson a chance to come and play football again. So, if there's one silver lining to that, it got him back on the gridiron. Um, but let's talk about this last year for you because you mentioned you know the injuries, of course, that kind of uh, played your final season at Western in the 2019 year, and then you had the regional combine and, uh, you know, unfortunately weren't picked up in the draft. So what has this year been like for you? What have you been up to as, I guess, ostensibly just a CFL free agent during the year of COVID? What's that been like for you?
0: Um, It was honestly like, I'm sure everyone, you know, if you ask this question, everyone, everyone have like a similar answer. But from where I was in March to where I am now was somewhere I'd completely, you know, wasn't even in my mind. And you know when they canceled the season in the summer last year, it really kind of put me into a position where I had to then okay like reassess my situation and like Dakota was saying like I like what now you know so I actually um, I, I couldn't find a job anywhere and I'm from Cambridge so Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, Brantford, London area I couldn't find a job at that point because we were in like the first initial stages of quarantine so no one was really hiring nothing was really open. So then um, I visited my girlfriend in Toronto and we actually, it was random enough. We went out for dinner one night and we, we wore our masks and stuff, but I knew someone that worked at, the, at a restaurant out here in Toronto. So um, I asked them like, are you guys hiring? Like, let me know. And sure enough, a couple of days later, she messaged me. And then a day after that, I got the job there. So I moved to Toronto. I was working full-time at a at a restaurant here and I was making pretty good money, honestly. in a a pandemic and not a lot of people working in a lot of fields I felt like I was in a pretty good spot to kind of finish school um, you know keep up with my fitness but there's a lot of you know resources out here that I could be doing on my own but yeah it was just like I was under the impression that I'd have a fifth season um, that I'd be living in London spending the summer in London you know doing the normal grind all summer kind of reap the benefits in the season type of a mindset but you know, obviously, you just gotta adapt to the situation. And right now, I'm I'm finishing up school, um, and and things are great. But I definitely just didn't see that as my uh, as my path going forward.
1: Well, and, and without fully knowing your eligibility situation, off the top of my head, I, as you mentioned, obviously we lost the 2020 season, which would have been your fifth year. Um, but after the work, and I kind of want to, you know, have you talk about what he's done. The work of your your teammate or former teammate Garrett Holmes with the Canadian Student Athletic Association and fighting to give, uh, I guess the terms aged out athletes the chance to play their final season. Uh, so on, one, I'm curious, did that ever make you consider move or changing up your academic schedule to allow yourself to? You know, we're still obviously uncertain, um, at least at the time of this recording, whether we're getting the 2021 season. But did it ever cross your mind to? you know knock on wood and and aim to play that 2021 season um and also just uh what do you what are what are your thoughts on what Garrett's done with the CSAA
0: uh firstly I thought you know Garrett's work is just amazing for everyone uh very selfless and an honorable thing that he did to try and get the older guys you know an opportunity to finish their careers um and at Western that means a lot because some of the older guys you know they were younger and they weren't privileged enough to play early. So they've kind of soaked in all that Western DNA. And now they're the older vets that, you know, get the opportunity to to lead the team. And, and, you know, and and kind of speaking, that was kind of like the situation I really wanted to go with going forward. But, you know, I, I honestly think that with me, like I'd be 24 this year, so I'd still be eligible, but just with everything going on right now, I just think that like, what's best for me would just be kind of transition to life after football because getting this opportunity to kind of like prepare for it now was really a blessing for me and and right now I'm looking to get into real estate and really do something um with like that sales commission based career and so right now it's a lot of schooling especially with doing western as well so that's just where my head's at um in terms of fitness like I you know it's obviously not the same amount of fitness that I'd be doing if I was still at western you know if we still had all the facilities open and whatnot but you know I, I try my best to I got a I got a bike here in my apartment and I, you know I just try and you know do the little things um, but in terms of kind of where my eligibility is at I, I definitely feel like I'm, uh, I'm kind of at the end where I was hoping to have a last season this year um, to kind of fully go all in for life after football next year but just how everything's going now I think this is kind of the path that I, I I think would be best for me and then uh, it gives me more of an opportunity to kind of get back to 100%, as I was saying. So definitely feeling better now that, you know, there wasn't a season this year and I could finally get my body to where I needed it to be.
1: Hey, man, I mean, that, that's awesome to hear because, you know – I for me, I guess five years out of my football career. And I, I, I still have days where I'm like, Oh, am I fully at peace with it? And it comes and goes. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure it will for yourself. The first time you see Western take the field as well, but it sounds like you're in a great space right now, which is awesome to hear. Um, so the last question I, I have for you, man, just cause you're with two Toronto boys right now. Uh, what restaurant are you working at?
0: I, I worked at Shea Lavelle. So it was like a nightclub before, uh, but they rebranded with the pandemic and, uh, this summer they actually had a very profitable uh you know summer just with everything going on during a pandemic one of the largest patio venues in the city so you know for me I always had work to do and there's a lot of people always coming in so it was a little awkward wearing a mask like 24 uh, 7 you know when you're working but you know it's it's what life is now it is you know it is what it is but yeah so I was working at Lavelle Well, hey, man, you know, we're happy
1: to have you in the big smoke uh, and we're even happier that you joined us today uh, on the podcast to talk about this uh, this issue that uh, we're hoping is, you know, whether it's at the spot we need it to be right now, that it's it's moving in the right direction. And, uh, you know, voices like yourself opening up about these types of things, no doubt helps move that process along. Um, Alex, uh, thank you so much, man, uh, for joining us. Thanks for having Uh, me, guys. Appreciate it. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Anytime you want. Come on, man. Thank you.